What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Comic Bookies Podcast. It has been way too damn long, but we have episode 86 for your entertainment. Plenty of big things this week. We have Halloween this weekend, a huge election that's going to change the face of this country for years and years to come. But before that, us three are going to collide the worlds of sports and comics. So welcome in. We took a week off to celebrate the boys' birthday, Sean and Mark. Happy late birthday, but let's get into it. So comic books this week, we have plenty, plenty of books to talk about, and we have plenty of news, including Mandalorian Season 2 starting tomorrow. Borat 2 is now on Amazon Prime, and Quibi, sorry Mark, didn't last as long as we thought it would. Over on the sports side, we have NFL to talk about, reviewing the last couple weeks and previewing Week 8. The World Series is over for the Dodgers and the Rays and NASCAR. Not only do we have a race in Martinsville, but we have positive COVID tests and he's back. Kyle Larson is reinstated and back at Hendrick Motorsports. We will discuss all that and a comic bookie history and some shout outs for you fans who have answered some of our questions. This is the Comic Bookies podcast. Let's go. Everyone crack open your favorite beer, pour that Jack and Coke. The Comic Bookies podcast is back. Fellas, it's been way too damn long. Happy late birthdays to Mark and Sean. Fellas, we've got a huge week, not just in sports and comics, but uh, glad to be back in the saddle this week. What's going on, dudes? Feels like forever, man. Thank you for the birthday wishes as well. Uh, Mark, also happy belated birthday. Yeah, it's definitely felt like a long time. I know we had a couple of great interviews the previous two uh, episodes, but no, everything's good. Mark, Mike, how you guys doing? Feliz cumpleaños, hermano, for our El Salvadorian downloads down there. Unfortunately, I have not learned how to say it in Yemen or French yet, but nonetheless, here we are. Sean, Mike, I'm a year older, so are you guys as well, but yeah, no complaints. I know down in Southern California... Uh, they're celebrating like hell as their two teams get championship trophies within a month of each other. But we'll discuss that later. Everything else has been good, man. The world, the economy and the, you know, the U.S. people are going to tilt pretty soon coming up here next week. But hopefully things are peaceful and, uh, you know, this great country of ours can just uh, keep perspiring and, you know, just keep going forward, guys. How you guys been, man? Doing pretty well, dude. Um, you getting ready for the weekend. Got a little bit of plans with the family. You know, not doing too much. You know, like around my neighborhood, trick or treating and whatnot. But you know, I got some things planned for my daughter. You know, she'll be three at the end of the year. So we got some. You know, we're doing like gl- like glow in the dark eggs with filled with candy and stuff. So she'll get to still dress up. And we've already asked a few of the houses in our neighborhood if we can hide eggs like in their yard for her to go and you know kind of do like an easter egg hunt but halloween style so you know so she'll get still get to experience it but not have to you know kind of risk any you know mumbo jumbo <laughs> jesus don't tell my daughter about it easter seems to be her favorite holiday for some reason she just <laughs> loves looking for the eggs are you gonna tell her that you're gonna incorporate easter and halloween on the same day <laughs> uh why not and guys think about it it's gonna be the first time i think since 1940s that it's gonna be a full moon on christmas night it is gonna be a full moon i've seen that oh wow 2020 nice. again man nice nice that's crazy so i mean guys all the crazy sports all the crazy comics so many fun things going on 
we got to go with what Mark said, this whole L.A. thing, they're champions. How do you guys just feel about that, first and foremost? Um, the Lakers, I mean, for me, I'm not like a Giants fan, so I don't really hate the L.A. Lakers. I don't feel like, oh, damn, like I, I feel more like, oh, crap, if like Seattle or Houston won it again or, you know, like one of the division teams or even the Red Sox or Yankees. But being an AL guy, I, you know. 32 years they were due the Lakers also like, eh, you know, to me, I'm sorry, but like if I wasn't a Warriors fan or if I wasn't an A's fan, I'd probably be a Lakers and or a Dodgers fan. Like, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm not going to represent that fan base because in my opinion, the Dodgers, like, like we've seen it, Sean, in Arizona down at spring training, they're not a good group of people. They're loud yeah. mouths. They're, you know, they're arrogant and their teams haven't really performed. And of course, you know, now you have to spend almost $300 million to, to get the championship finally after making it what three out of four years so you know two championships and one sports season for la it, it's definitely got to be 2020 alluding to what mark says though i think real quick to note: make sure you guys vote let's just kind of get that out of the way your voice does count yeah. guys oh yeah it's a huge week man you got halloween you know which is a huge holiday for some people i mean it'll be different this year but it's still big you know for the kids and then dude this election is more important than I can remember in my lifetime, at least for voting, you know, it's going to be pretty crazy to see, you know, who wins because, well, you, you know, you, you hear all the, you have the poll saying one thing, but that's why they're called conservatives. You know, they're conservative about who they talk about, who they vote for. Well, you have the blue side over there. They're quick to say, oh, I vote, I'm voting for this person. I'm voting for that person because this, and because that, and you should vote that way because if you want this, this, and this, then you'll vote this way. So all those polls saying that, you know, Joe Biden's way ahead, it's kind of misleading to me. So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a lot closer than we think. I really can't predict who I think is going to win, but you know, yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy night come Tuesday. You know, they got odds for that, right? <laughs> oh, do they? I wouldn't expect just, anything less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they have odds. They have prop bets and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, it just I bet cracks. You. Yeah, it cracks me up. But, Sean, going back to L.A. real quick, I, I mean, you guys, honestly, could you think about how I haven't gotten the exact numbers or I haven't really kept in tune with the sports books down in Vegas or VSIN that I usually get information from, but – I'm pretty sure that for the books, this might have been like one of the, I don't know, easiest. But I mean, what going into both of these seasons, it was kind of especially ever since Kobe passed away, you could kind of say that it was destined for the Lakers to win. And as far as like the Dodgers, you know, I have people oh, I told I knew it. I told you the Dodgers. Well, it's like, wow, you're really going on a limb. Because I think <laughs> when before both seasons start, before both respective seasons started, I would say that the Lakers were the favorite and the Dodgers were the favorite. We talked about the odds plenty of times on this podcast. And I mean, I just think that it was pretty, you know, the odds on favorite for both teams to go and do it. Although I know the Clippers had, you know, pretty cl close odds as well with the Lakers until they got they fell off. But I mean, the Lakers and the Dodgers pretty much were the favorites, seems like, all year to win. So I don't know how that fared for the books or whatnot, but, hey, I don't think it was that hard to pick winners this season in those two sports. Well, you want to go back. Let's go ahead and make it a trifecta in hockey. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they crapped the bed last season, and they lost in the first round. So going into this season, they wanted the redemption story as well. So the odds were probably well in their favor. They're probably the first, second, or third team to win the championship at the beginning of the season, too. So unless you put together a nice little parlay on all three of those teams, you weren't getting much value. But the difference with hockey 
is for one, it's not as, you know, I guess big, you would say, as basketball, obviously, and yeah. baseball, especially in L.A. And then, I mean, with Tampa Bay, you just don't have that much of a market. Like, they're not really – uh, um, they're not really bet team. Like it's not really a bet team. You know what I mean? The market for the Tampa Bay isn't really there as, as much as it is for the Dodgers. Dodgers are like the Yankees, the Lakers are the Lakers, you know, I mean, you just get so much public money just pouring into these teams that, you know, it's just, what are you going to do? So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Vegas might've taken a little bit of a hit because geographically how close they are to Los Angeles, you know, three and a half hours away driving, whatever, an hour flying. So Vegas is a Laker town, you know, I'm pretty sure Vegas kind of is a Dodger town as well. So they get hit year after year on the Lakers uh, in Vegas. And I'm pretty sure with the Dodgers. So I mean, they might have uh, come out a little bit even if I can get some numbers for that. You know, maybe next week I'll let you guys know. I wish I had them, but uh, my bad. Oh, you're good, man. I definitely agree with you on that, though, especially the sports season. I know we had uh, the post-COVID where we had the bubble with the NBA, the shortened MLB season. And they were just kind of two of the front runners slash best teams. There wasn't really much of going on a limb with going with both of those teams. So once they did kind of get – their Western Conference championships, eventual championships slash World Series. You know, we wanted the upset, but we knew the smart the smart money, they were going to win for sure. Yeah. So before we get into the actual sports uh, that are still being played right now, uh, let's get into the comics. But before that, I wanted to make a special little announcement. Uh, I think I speak uh, for Mark on behalf of Mark as well. Uh, Sean, he visited our homes uh you know last weekend and you know slash earlier this week uh sean thank you so much for the huge surprise you got me but uh sean has asked myself and mark to be groomsmen at his uh upcoming wedding next year it's an honor bro uh really appreciate it and we you know and we wouldn't miss it for the world so thank you brother i couldn't think of two uh better guys to stand by my side when i do eventually get married next year uh, july 2nd 2021 very very excited happy i was able to surprise you guys i mean i'm more so i feel honored you guys obviously accepted and yeah it's gonna be just a beautiful thing and i'm excited man definitely thank you sean brother i appreciate that i know it's gonna be all fun and games once that bachelor party comes around uh, we'll keep, <laughs> no, we won't yeah. uh, give any We're, details about that but <laughs> i don't know if we can give too many details about that on public airwaves you know in france and el salvador wherever we're getting going but <laughs> all i know is that it's gonna be fun and i'm trying to convince uh you guys to hit the circa the brand new uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, casino out there in vegas but we'll see it's up to him and the best man and let's just uh have some fun and keep it safe guys yep so new comic book day was yesterday october 28th uh this episode by the way is brought to you by treasure island comics in fremont california so go and hit up alex and their wonderful store go ahead and give him a pull list you know he'll pull anything you want he still does curbside pickup, or he will mail you your comics. But right now, he's going to let you, uh, you know, at least uh, at most five people with masks inside the facility. So let's get on with the books. 
This week, some new books on the DC side. You had Detective Comics uh, 1029, The Flash 764 with their new writer. That's the second issue with him. Batman 3, Jokers 3. So that story is concluding this week. Batgirl, number 50. That is the last issue of this run of Batgirl, so congrats to them. Justice League Dark, number 27. On the Marvel side, you have Amazing Spider-Man 51, Immortal Hulk 39, Savage Avengers 13, Strange Academy 4 for myself and Sean, and Runaways 32. Some of the small-time publishers, Image, Undiscovered Country, number 9 for all three of us, Department of Truth, number 2, and Bliss, number 4. AWA, Old Haunts, number 5. I believe that's the only one this week, but plenty in previews I saw, Mark. Plenty of new books for um, AWA in, in, in previews. So that's pretty much it. That's all I have for the books. Is there anything that catches your eye? I know previews c- came out. Uh, I've been trying to keep it trying to keep it chill on previews the last couple months uh, because the first three or four months that we were getting it, I was just giving Alex a list of like six or seven new books to put on the poll. Um, but there's still uh, you know some good ones. So as far as this week, what do you guys like, and what do you guys what? And, and what have you liked over the past? I, what, I, I shit, haven't three or that. four weeks. I haven't checked out the previews yet. I mean, you got to one pretty quick within a day. There's there's times either at work when I'm a little slow and I can flip through it or like, you know, the kids go to bed early. So that's, you, you know, I'm usually kind of juiced and jazzed up for previews to come out. So instead of reading like last week's books or even this week's new books, I'll pop open, you know, previews and flip through it because it only takes me about 10, 15 minutes to get through it. Well, let's do it. One of my favorite publishers right now, AWA. You said that there's a couple of them in there that you might have paid attention to. Did you happen to grab any, Mike? Yeah. So the uh, the one that I really want to highlight is um, Resistance. There's it's called Resistance. The oh shit, what's it called? It's like the Reborns, and it's a one shot. It's like 35 or 48 pages or whatever. So it's like a one shot, and it kind of highlights five of the people who ended up gaining powers from surviving the, the pandemic that they had. So it looks pretty cool. I think it might uh, hopefully set up for like a part two. Like, you know, you have your year zero part two already going on right now, or at least it's going to start soon. So the resistance has like a one shot going kind of highlighted, you know, American Ronin and well, um, that's the one I'm kind of looking ones. forward to going forward through AWA right now, Mike. I mm-hmm. actually, uh, I did not uh, pull the second offering of year zero i just thought that how the story went i mean it's a cool story but it's just not really continuity i mean the second book is not going to have anything to do with the first one really besides what's what's actually happening but it's all different characters or whatnot even the resistance my guy i don't know if it's the same book you're talking about but i thought the resistance were going to come out with another little short story like a six-parter i also decided not to pick that up you know i'm venturing out into all different ones you know, different types of books and publishers right now. So like I said, I got that miles to go from aftershock for we're two issues in. I mean, I, I really like that one. I know it came out last week. We weren't able to talk about it, but it's, it's a pretty awesome story for a smaller publisher at that bad mother from AWA has been great as well. Bad mother's bomb. Bad mother is bomb, but uh, Bro, that's, that's the one right now. Share Sean, bad Bro. mother. I swear. You better find Mama's Kitty. But, you better uh, find Mama's Kitty. Every time I go to the comic book store at TI, a Treasure Island, I swear I'm just looking forward to another copy. That is easily my favorite book that I'm reading. And I think, honestly, ever since getting into comics, that might be arguably my favorite book I've been reading so far. 
I am the... really, really enjoying it. Just the style of it, the way it's coming about, and the character of the mom, kind of just how she's developed, going from like a scared mom, where's my daughter, to where now she's kind of on the offensive, doing her own little intel and playing these kind of mind games with the people who have her daughter. She's like, she's like, instead of man on fire, she's woman on fire. Oh, she, she she is taking fire. no prisoners right now, you know. And yeah. for the. And for the fans that might not be 100% sure of what we're talking about, it's Bad Mother. Right now, there's been three issues that have came out of five. It's a five-part miniseries by AWA Upshot, written by Krista Faust. Yes, there's a female writing this book. That's why I think we kind of get, you know, we kind of get that that feel that we like because we're getting a female's perspective of how to be like a badass mother, you know. Mike Diodato Jr., our Brazilian friend on the art, as well as Lee Luffridge, our guy. So uh, any AW fans out there or not, we push this smaller publisher a lot. You know, smaller. I mean, in, in hindsight, they have a big names behind them. But check them out. Bad Mother. Uh, definitely, definitely one that all three of us are reading and all three of us recommend coming to an end. So try to get it. I see you holding something up there, Mikey. Dude, <laughs> scumbag, bro. That shit was something I've never, ever read before. Ernie Ray Clementine. That is, I mean, it's cool because, but just going to the writer, you know, Rick Reminder, you know, Alex said that he's one of the writers when, like, whenever he comes out with something, he's going to read him. So immediately, not knowing that, you know, I knew that I had to get him. So it's a story of Ernie Ray Clementine. You know, he's a, you know, as you can, you know, he's a you'll piece find of out, shit, bro. He is. And you'll find out on the YouTube video that I just released. I kind of talked about it, but he is a drug addict. He's an alcoholic. He's just a, you know, one of those grade A assholes, you know, graduated or probably didn't graduate. And he's still in your local town, just going from bar to bar. You're like, hey, I've seen you 30 years from now and you're still doing the same crap. So he's, he steals from like a Salvation Army jar to get money for his next fix. He goes out, he's half naked, taking dumps in the sidewalk. Looks like the streets of San Francisco sometimes, you know. But, uh, yeah. But he. Well, he's kicking his habit, man. He needs his fix. That's what happens, man. You start getting the shits when you ain't got that black tar hopping you, man. <laughs> exactly. So he finds, he stumbles upon some fight between a man and a woman. And it just so happens that it's members of two organizations fighting over this, like, serum. And he. You know, the serum gets knocked out of one of the person's hands and he takes that syringe, which he thinks is the drugs that he just burned up and put into the syringe and he injects himself. So now he's got like super strength, super intelligence, and now he is being recruited by one of the organizations to like save the world from like annihilation because he's the one who injected the serum. And he's just like so basically it's like, you know, the the world's fate rests with the world with the worst person on it. That's pretty much what the tagline of the story is. And and it's it's bomb. I think it's an ongoing series. I don't think it's a mini series, but yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's a five-issue miniseries, so oh, we good. got okay. four more. Oh, we're a five-issue, nice. Sean, I wish you would have hopped on it. It might not be too late, though. That actually sounds pretty interesting I mean, the pages. Yeah, no, let me, cool. Let me ask you, Mike, uh, Sean, you can chime in as well. I would say that this is one of the comics that I kind of really dig. You know, I don't know. I think it's because you get half and half. You get that science fiction feel to it with that serum that Mike's talking about, but then you get that raw, like, you know, just just piece of shit, like, dude that you probably know from your local town or whatnot, you know what I mean? And it's just, 
you just get that side of the story, but then it becomes kind of like fictional when he's got this serum and now he's like all these whatever we're going to see what he's going to do. I'm pretty sure he's going to have all this special. He's going to be able to think quicker than everyone, whatever shit faster than anyone or whatever he does. But I mean, I think it's I really dig the story because I'm not going to lie. As I'm reading the story, Mike, you can probably attest to this. You probably weren't expecting it to go where it was going to go. I mean, I didn't Hell think no. it was going to go into this super special serum where like these these special agencies are fighting over it. And this bum is pretty much in the alley about to shoot <laughs> up his shit and then their needles get uh, get swapped. And it's pretty crazy. I mean, I recommend anybody go out there and check it out by image. I mean, it was fun, dude. It was really, really fun. Looking forward to the second one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I think we've gotten two Batman books since the last time we actually talked. So what do you guys think of Batman 100, Batman 101? Uh, the end of Joker War was badass. It was a nice, thick book, um, and it had a, a few stories after, you know, kind of punchline, you know, her story shifting to her being the victim and just going on the, you know, social media and just, you know, oh, my God, just spilling her guts and trying to make everyone feel bad for her. And then we come to find out that Clown Hunter – Bao, Bao fam. fam. Nice. You got a Vietnamese character, Bao. you know, so he's 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 cool, man. And he's not even going to listen to Batman. One of the most intimidating characters in all of comic books told him, I will hunt you down if you kill again. And he's like, OK, yeah, I'm done killing. Like, but, you know, at least not right now. I'll so stop when I'm finished. Yeah. Who created so, Bao Fam, Mike? Tynion? Yeah, this is a brand new character. So, yeah, Bao, Hunters, so yeah. Bao Fam was created by Tynion. Yep. Yes, okay. sir. I like what you awesome. with that. But he didn't create Punchline, did he? Do we know that? Yeah, Punchline's never been a character. So it's tying in also. Tying in also, brother. Jesus, this guy is on a roll. Right? It's like, all, I think this happens with a lot of writers. Because, you know, Josh Williamson, you know, Sean and Mark, there's been, you know, I want to say maybe a dozen characters that we've never seen before with Godspeed and Bloodwork and a couple other characters and stuff. He created those characters as well. Yeah, so, I mean, to the like show these, later. these, these, well, um, a, go ahead. What about the end of 100, Mike? You mentioned it earlier. We got another character there as well, right? Is that a new, is that a, a first brand, appearance? I asked Alex at TI. That's a first appearance. That's a brand new character as well. And we got Mr. The, the bodyguard. Al, uh, oh, no, in 101. Lucius's bodyguard. No, he is not. He is not a or new security, character. whoever the hell. Yeah, he's oh, not so a new that character. is not a new appearance. He is not. Grifter is a is a um a character. I never okay. seen him before. So just yeah. to clarify with myself as well as the fans that might be trying to uh, figure this out, so we've gotten three characters from Tynion. We're getting the punchline. We're getting the Bao Fam. The hunter. the clown hunter, and then we got the um the one at the end of one hundred. Uh, what's his name? I, I, I just, can't. I can't remember I his name. Or did it early? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Excuse me. But but Grifter, his name is Cole Cash, and he is a fictional comic book superhero who has appeared in books published by Wildstorm Productions. So he was in that twelve issue Wildstorm story that I was reading, like right when we started, like kind of talk about you know creating this podcast, and he goes back and forth uh, between Wildstorm 
when they have stories and DC Comics. I believe he was in the Flashpoint story. He had a small part, at least in the movie. At least he was in the movie Flashpoint Paradox. But yeah, so he comes and goes every once in a while in the DC Universe. Oh, excuse my French. Um, Gotham's new hero, Ghostmaker, wants yeah, to replace Batman. So he's yeah. not a foe. He's a, Or he's well, not a vi- uh Well, he will well, be because well, he, he wants to replace be. Batman. So just like, you know, with Osriel and Batman, he wanted to replace him in Nightfall back in the early 90s. So it's like the same thing. He's going to end up being the villain. He's going to have all, of, you know, he's going to justify doing this, this and that. He'll probably have a, you know, his technique will be a little bit different. He'll probably use a little bit more violence, maybe even some guns or whatever, want to kill people. Or kill but him. But he'll never be Bruce Wayne and he'll never be Batman. So it's going to be interesting to see him going forward. I loved 100, man. Seeing a whole Bat family, Dick Grayson, Batgirl. But Batman can't oh, yeah. use Batman can't use any of his money no more. He can't he he yeah, can't fund he yep. can't fund Batman with the Bruce Wayne Enterprises, man. It's this all is Lucius got Gotham that payday. Forever. Yep. Yeah, Lucius Fox got the payday. He's bringing his kids in. He's bringing in Luke and his and his and his other son and his daughter to help out. But yeah, that's going to be crazy. It's like <laughs> if you crash the Batmobile, you can't just, you know, print it off, you know, like a, like a printer, you have to fix it yourself. So yeah, it's going to be cool. It, it's a different direction than we've ever seen. What do you guys I've think of seen. this direction? Let's get into opinions right now. What do you guys tell me, Sean, Mike, come on. I see you it's guys different. over there. What, give me your opinions on this. I, I love it. Actually. He has no Batman money. I mean, he still has, I guess, the brains of Lucius, who has had to make a lot of changes because he said the whole like upper management power at uh, Wayne Enterprise is kind of like put, they're like kind of like pushing him away to a degree, even though he's kind of there. So it, it's going to be a lot of change, I and mean, he's at he's at to work a lot with other people. So I mean, you even seen the connection with him and uh, Catwoman. So I don't think the Joker aspect's done. There's no doubt about that. Even though I think it was dope as hell in 100 when he got his eye blown out. That was so clean. The artwork was hella dope. Mm-hmm. I just think he's have to work a lot with other people, especially uh, Catwoman. You can already see like the link that's going on right there. The whole like last couple pages, it was like that little love story they had in uh, the previous Batman a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's gonna be cool because I, we wonder if it's gonna coincide with Bat with Batman Catwoman, the Tom King story that's gonna start uh, in December, that twelve issue maxi series. So it's gonna be cool. One year, George. One year, Bruce. I give you one year. <laughs> Mike, you mentioned one year exactly, right? When the when the Batman Catwoman story by Tom King is supposed to start up. The highly, I mean, I don't know if you can say highly anticipated, but I know us here on the Comic Bookies podcast have been knowing and hearing about it for a while, so... I know we're looking forward to it, but I mean, nonetheless, I'm really, really, really looking forward to what Tynion is doing with Batman. Alex can attest to that. I asked him. He thinks that Batman has been great. Uh, Tom King, Sean, if you can make your sound effects, please, for the comic book uh, podcast fans. Uh, Tom King, circa 70th, 72nd, 73rd edition of his, uh, (laughs) when they're strolling. (laughs) (laughs) A little cricket. A little home on the range. Yeah, this is home, home on the range. If you guys don't remember, 
if you guys don't remember, I mean, we're starting this podcast, Sean and I. I mean, Mike is really getting into it. He, he's rebirth. He's the man. He, he got the comics down. Sean and I are trying to learn. And then we're getting some of these, you know, we're getting some of these books. Batman, and I think it was in the 70s, written by Tom King, you know. Now I kind of appreciate his writing a little bit more now that I'm reading Strange Adventures. We can get into that in a little bit. And as I'm looking forward to Batman Catwoman as well. But, you know, there was just some very, very boring just issues. You know, I don't know if they were filler issues, but you're flipping through three pages and you might as well call it the Marvel, uh, the, the, the X-Men that we got, the the giant size. I forgot <laughs> which one, but there was about two. Oh God, it was the Jean Grey one. The Jean Grey, but I mean, some of these books you're reading, I'm like, there's there's no vocabulary to read. We're just looking through pictures, okay, and reading yeah. chirping sounds. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where Batman is going without all of his special skills or whatever money I should say, not skills, because hopefully he he keeps all those skills. But I'm excited to see where Tinyan is taking this, especially with all these damn characters that we mentioned that he's creating. It's gonna be bomb. Yeah, well, speaking of Tom King, that's what I want to get into next. Um, the last story that I wanted to mention was Strange Adventures. I mean, this last issue, most recent, I think it was two weeks ago, was was hella good. It went back and forth. It's, you know, we got a Quentin Tarantino story of going back and forth between now on Earth and then back then on Ron, you know, with the war going on and he ends up getting captured at the end. But, but Mr. Terrific and uh, Adam Strange's wife, you know, they had a deep conversation as they took a walk in the snow, and it was really cool. Kind of set the stage for what's to come in the other issues. What do you make of that uh, conversation? Because as I'm reading it, don't get me twisted. I think that I I was thinking of it was going to go somewhere else. Uh, but I guess for the story purposes that Mr. Terrific was really just trying to dig deep uh into yeah. the mind of hers. Not so much as to where my mind was thinking it was going to go uh sexually i guess but i think he's really just trying to work with uh batman or whoever sent him to figure out all this stuff that's going on between mr adam strange and the government yeah, or what have you you know because terrific he's a smart guy so he wanted to dig deep into the psyche you know and then with the daughter and everything that's that's kind of crazy, too, because what does he say? Like, oh, something with your daughter. So is the daughter not gone? I know, right? So he's just trying to dig deep as to what happened, and he's trying to find something maybe like to, to guilt them on, you know, to find them guilty. But, I mean, in this conversation, you know, even he says at the end, he goes, ah, I guess I believe you. I'm going to, you know, just keep digging into what happened. But, yeah, it's pretty crazy. But then to go back, you know, the war on Ron, it's, you know, you know, Adam Strange getting captured next issue, number seven, which comes out sometime in November is going to be really interesting. I'm I'm, lo- I'm loving it so far. We're halfway done. It's good. Yeah. Halfway done. I, I I don't know. Do you think that it do you think it could be like an ongoing story with this character? I, I like the way that I know that I think it's going to end because I think that it's I think that it makes this story a little bit more. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Not likable, but more like it, it, it brings something, something to your imagination. Cause you know, it's going to be like 12 issues. You know, it's not going to be ongoing. You know, it's not really a character that's really in the universe all that often. 
So you're kind of getting something special here, especially yeah. the way especially the way that they promoted it and everything. So, I, I mean, Tom King won that Eisner Award, I believe, last or the, that award last season. Last year or two last years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For like best writer or whatnot. So people know what you're getting out of him. And I, I just think that it's going to be really, really I just think I, I just hope that the ending probably leads to maybe something else that has to do with Adam Strange because his character is pretty cool. Although I'm not really into like, you know me, it's kind of like the Star Wars-ish feel to it, different planets and little laser guns and whatnot, kind of, that's not really my realm, what have you, but hey, the way Tom King is writing it and the way Gerard's is uh, picturing it, I'm down for more of it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what, whether it's going to be just a 12 issue maxi series and it's going to be done or if they take all of those characters and all of their, you know, this that story and then kind of mix it in with a Batman or a or, or a Justice League or a action comics or, or what have you. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if, if he makes appearances over the next year or two in other stories. Well, the story is so like like the story kind of builds up so much in a way that it's kind of like, where do you even go from here? I mean, well, I yeah. guess I mean, I guess it's like if you want to build Adam Strange from here on out into the DC universe as us knowing him with whatever. Well, we don't know exactly if the daughter's lost, but we're kind of speculating on what we think the end of issue 12 is going to be. But I think that going forward, I mean, this is they're really giving us all of Adam that we can get right now. So I don't know if like this is the Adam that we're going to get if they do incorporate him into the universe more, but or he's or he could just be, you know, a character that just doesn't pop up that much. Like I think Alex told me that he that that's what it is with him, you know. Yeah. Going to um another Tom King story, uh Heroes in Crisis, when all of those heroes at the the house where they go to kind of, you know, take care of their PTSD, that was such a build up too. And you didn't know until like the second to last issue that it was really Wally West who di- who did all that, who killed yep. all those heroes and stuff. So that that kind of build up, that's exactly what I'm seeing also in Strange Adventures. So I see you there, dude. Definitely, man. Excited to see what comes out of Tom yeah. King's so nothing that we're reading, but something that we may or may not read in January coming from DC's previews is something called Future State. I kind of had a little two, three minute conversation with Alex about it. So what they're doing is over the first two months of 2021, they're going to have every story. So you have Batman, Detective Comics, Action Comics, Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, even Superman, Teen Titans, Suicide Squad. Yet all of these are going to be between two and four issues. And it's going to go into the future of the DC universe. So like the Superman um, comic book, um, the story is, is that Clark Kent is over on Warworld on a mission fighting these other beings, um, you know, these minions of Mongol. And Jonathan Kent, the son, is now Superman in Metropolis. So it's kind of like what is to be in 50 years or eight, or, or mm-hmm. even – it's a little as t- 20 years like Bruce Wayne is not really Batman. Um, you know what happens with the Green Lanterns, Wonder Woman. There's a new hero in Themyscira who's taking the mantle of Wonder Woman, you know, so it's going to be interesting. It's weird because I didn't see like Batman 108, Batman 109. So I wonder if all these stories are taking their place in the first two months of t- 2021. I have to dig deeper into this. I have to talk to Alex, but 
it definitely feels like when Rebirth started at the you know spring of 2016, all these new stories like like starting over. Um, I know that it's not going to last, obviously, because it's only been it's only going to be two months. But man, that's a lot of stories to get. I hope they don't intertwine. Cause that's like a, like, you know, like one of those money grab ones where they're just going to, you know, Oh, Hey, you have to read all 25 of these stories. Hey, but they're only two issues. They're only three or four issues, you know? So I got to do some digging. Is there going to be, is, is tiny and still going to be on Batman or is he going to take a break? And you know, someone else is going to do the four issue mini series of future state. It's going to be super weird. going to be super weird. Super weird, but I think that's actually a pretty dope idea to a degree. Because, I mean, it makes you, like, think, like, what the future exactly you said could look like. I think from the comic book reading aspect, it does kind of suck. Because the books you're reading kind of goes on pause. And they sneak in two or three issues per like what story, ifs. though, on these yeah. what is. But it's like, yeah, if I read this one, do I have to read that one? And then that one? I mean, that's going to be a mm-hmm. crap load of books and stuff. But I think the actual idea is actually pretty dope. Yeah, this is the... This is the replacement to their 5G story. Remember, we were hearing 5G for so many months, and then they fired Dan DiDio when they had all those layoffs and stuff. So they pretty much put that the kibosh on that. So this is the future state is the now big event that's going to run in the beginning of next year instead of this whole 5G thing. They must have hired Tim Cook or something and the big boys down there in Cupertino because – I've been hearing a lot about 5G lately, but it has nothing to do with. Yeah, right. I mean, it does have to do with AT&T if they can get some of those Apple iPhones on, you know, running that 5G. But yeah, definitely not 5G for DC. Yeah. So let's get into some news. That's, you know, that's the end of the comic book talk. Everyone go, please go pick up your comic books, support your local comic book store. It's really important, especially during this time to support your local businesses. You know, who knows what we're going to be like, you know, shoot, not to get all political, but France is shut down again that we heard earlier this week. So hopefully nothing like that happens in this country because God knows what's going to happen to our, to those, you know, local comic book shops. So please go support any way you can. And Quick, so at least fast. December 1st, to quote that, because I actually have a personal friend living in France. So, yeah, they're cl- shut down until December 1st, and Germany's officially shut down. Damn. Damn, it is real, it is real, it is real. But anyway, you know what else is real is Mandalorian Season 2 starts tomorrow. Great, brother. Yes, dude, sir. He- dude, hell yeah. We're, like, we're going to – me, my wife, my daughter, we're going to c- carve some pumpkins. We're going to make some cookies, and we're going to start Season 2 of Mandalorian. It's going to be a good-ass Friday night right before Halloween, buddy. I hope you're making some pumpkin seeds while you're at it. Uh, Does a bear shit in the woods? Hell Morning. yeah, we are. Yes, sir, brother. I like it. I like it. A little bit of salt on those things. Hell yeah. I'll probably be the only ones eating them, too, because I'm not sure if my wife's, you know, she, she can't fathom the idea of, oh, my God, you just got all those seeds with the guts all over it, and then you're going to cook them and eat them. But I love it, dude. Oh, love yes. it. So <laughs> damn good. That's oh, a perfect Friday night, man. Definitely going to binge uh, Mandalorian. I'm so excited for it. Like, everybody is, I'm sure. Well, too bad. We, sure we can't Disney binge that. Accounts. I was just about to ask. Is this Netflix? No, we can't binge that, dude. It's week to week. Remember? Oh, oh, it, it, oh my. This That's is the... Disney. Sorry, it is. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. For all yes. you damn st- streaming guys, I just yeah. want to sit there and, and, and binge it all. I like that they release them. I like the week to week because there can actually be a water cooler talk on Monday or Tuesday After for those, podcast, who, you know, for yeah. episode by episode, you know, yeah. and then we can also do it for the podcast, too. So it's pretty cool. I would hate to. All right, Mandalorian season two, and then we'd have to wait like two months for me or you, Sean, to catch up on it, and then yeah. we'd finally get to talk about it when when now it's all over. 
you know, the hype is all over after the first month or two. That's what happens with Stranger Things. I can't watch the whole season in a weekend. So everyone's talking about, oh, remember what happened in episode six? No, I watched episode one and I'm not going to watch episode two for another two weeks, asshole. So wait. <laughs> definitely Jeez. excited. Though. I, I, actually, you know, that might take the pie right there. That's definitely probably the best news I heard, man. I almost forgot for a minute Mandalorian comes out tomorrow. But yeah, it is out tomorrow. Happy Friday to everybody. Well, for, personally, I don't know what's better news, that, Sean, or for, you know, veteran Assassin's Creed video game players, we have a new show coming to Netflix, a live-action Assassin's yes. Creed show, dude. That's going to be – hopefully they can re- totally redeem themselves from the kind of lackluster average movie that they made with Michael Fassbender. So I hope that it's really good. Well, they had, they had the characters right for the movie, but like you said, I remember Marissa and I and you went to go watch it, and it was a little, you know, under par. It wasn't the worst movie, but they definitely, I think, didn't get it exactly right. But yes, that was definitely good news. I mean, they've come out with a new video game every year for I think, the past five to six years. A new one coming out, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So definitely check yeah, it out. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. out in November, I believe. Correct me, Mike. Yeah, it's like earlier mid-November. You're right. But yes, the new uh, live-action Netflix series is going to be coming out, and it is on Netflix. So you know it's going to be really, really entertaining, good action, probably a little bit of violence, which Mark and I and Mike do like. Mark, you should check it out, bro. I'm telling you. Yeah, because it's not PG-13. You can make it's a Netflix show. You can have them, you know, with their with their secret blades going into fools' eyeballs, you know, punching them in the dick, like whatever you want, dude. <laughs> Punch him in the dick, whatever Punch you want, dude. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. A little off on a tangent there, but Red Hood, Jason Todd will be in season three of Titans. I bet I hope that it's that's an HBO Max show and not still a DC Universe show, so that's pretty good news. The Snyder Cut, more news. Feels like every week we get more and more news in the Snyder Cut. Not only is Jared Leto Joker going to be featured in the Justice League Snyder Cut, but Deathstroke. I can't really pronounce his last name unless it's in front of me, but Joe Maglianato or whatever, he played Deathstroke. He was in that cutscene at the end of Batman Superman. So he is going to reprise his role as Deathstroke in the Snyder Cut. Dude, Snyder's about to have all these people walking around like Tyrone Biggums pretty soon because he got people waiting so much. <laughs> Everyone going to be like, you got that cut? You got that Snyder cut? Let me get some of that Snyder cut. That's that good. Hell That's yeah, that good. Huh? Like Everyone's fiending for this right now. I mean, we need this Snyder cut. What, four? We mentioned it's going to be four, uh, four, four parts, hours. an hour long. But, geez, all I hear is Snyder cut, Snyder cut. Jesus, just give us the damn Snyder cut already. Well, to add uh, what Maya, Mike was saying, kind of bringing in the Snyder Cut into the conversation, they're saying it was at least $70 additional million dollars added to the movie for characters, additional scenes, etc. And I guess the initial like thing on analysts is they're really just saying Warner Bros. is like, look, we need you, Snyder. Like, we'll do anything to keep you. So, like, you want money? Why? You want money? Ask, let me ask you why, Sean. Why is it so important to get this damn Snyder cut? Is this what's going to keep they need HBO to get a movie Max right. alive? They is this need to get a movie right. Is this what's going to keep HBO uh, on par with The Mandalorian and Disney listen, Plus? Listen, HBO Max isn't depending on this, but I think in general they need to get a movie right. 
HBO like, Max, HBO is hot right now with with Lovecraft Country or whatever. Like HBO is is doing good things right now. HBO Max is on the rise for sure. They have hella stuff. They're adding DC stuff every single week more. The animated movies, dude. But the, but the first Max week, it, but the first week it came out, Miguel, you were you you were so disappointed with it. They haven't well, added this. They haven't. I know. But then I was, hoping, but I was, sure I, I was hoping, I was hoping, by giving it time, it would add stuff, and they did. So well, I'm some, really happy with it right now. Some things need some time, just like Meg Whitman and Quibi to get it together. Uh, yeah, well, she, <laughs> she needs ran a lot out more. of time. Yeah, she uh, ran uh, out of time six uh, months unfor- later. Quibi's done, bro. Unfortunately, Quibi, Mrs. HP herself, gets everything turned around when she puts her hands on it. Mrs. Meg Whitman could not get a hold on Quibi. Quibi, you didn't hear much from it here on this platform, the comic bookies. You didn't hear much from it from your local uh, neighbor or your friend in your town as well. I can assure you that Um, it's a failure. I don't know if you guys got numbers on Peacock or how Peacock is doing the NBC platform. But unfortunately, I mean, this is looking like it's a three dog race for this streaming man you got netflix diz plus and then you got that hbo max we just talked about unfortunately quibi has faltered and uh peacock haven't heard much from them but uh, i mean they're free though i mean they're free it's it's not like a paid subscription as long as you have like any kind of cable you just kind of log into your cable provider and there you go oh you have nbc everyone has nbc if you have a cable provider so there you go they got dale jr on there showing some uh tracks you know on on uh on your two on your two two and a half day delay coverage of your auto federation whatever 500 from texas i know right i mean um, really i think if anything is the two dog race as it's funny because i watched squawk in the morning my stock show and they actually talked about it in netflix and disney plus because while disney plus does have you know the huge huge market which is really even bigger than netflix netflix just has the material i mean the actors are getting the type of movies they can actually put in that's just really the family vendor family-friendly kids movies and stuff i mean netflix is overachieving when you really think about it dude like once they went streaming like all the original shows just think of all the original shows that they've had like house of cards and stranger things they have gotten so much money they have just they have money coming out of their freaking eyeballs to throw at these creators to make these shows that's what adam sandler does now is netflix movies i mean that's just an example Mm -hmm. yes maybe they aren't the best movies like they used to be but it's still adam sandler to know that Every movie that he's going to make from here on out is on Netflix. It's like, uh, that's got to say something. And can you imagine if Netflix, like rumor has it that Netflix wants to acquire everything Nickelodeon. So how many more subscribers you would get if you can get the classic Hey Arnold, Cat Dog, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Keenan and Kel, all that. Can you imagine if you could just go back and just with a, with a click of, your remote, of the remote, just watch any of those episodes, those old reruns and stuff? Crazy, bro. Well, I'll tell you what, can you imagine if you went back to August or 2009 when they were trading on the New York Stock Exchange at $6? Don't tell me that right now. Please God. don't. Please don't. Right now it's like over four ninety. For all of our For all of our comic bookie fans, as of Thursday afternoon, uh, October 29th, 2020, Netflix is sitting here, NFLX, ticker symbol at $504. Um, and uh mark what was the year on the six dollars uh it was 2009 it was trading at about six dollars we get into 2010 okay. it took a 
So that's like that's like already streaming, right? Because I was thinking like, oh, what was the price like when it was when it was like, just se- selling you CD DVDs in the yeah, mail? When, yeah, when you go back and forth. Okay, so that's yeah. like st- so it was still streaming in 2009, 2010. Because and, and that's those, what I was that's what I was gonna get to though, guys. I mean, you guys think about what this company has done. I mean, it's just amazing to me what these entrepreneurs in this great land that we got do. Don't get me wrong, there are times that I feel that. You got the big boys like Amazon taking away from the mamas and pops, but you can't really complain. Us as a society, we can't complain at the big boys taking all this chunk of the market when we're the ones providing, giving them the money, right? I mean, when the pandemic hit, everyone wants to sit at home and order Amazon, but then at the same time, you're going to complain and say, oh, Amazon's a conglomerate. They're taking, they do it. They're, 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 they're a monopoly. They're taking over everything, but we can't. Or, complain yeah. and you you know we can't be our own worst enemy but if you just look at what they're doing like netflix in general you go by just making something that we already did in our everyday lives blockbuster you know I'll, you know there's many many hollywood videos and whatnot but something that we already did and they were basically just you know uber eats uh door dashing us movies and games i think they were i don't mm-hmm. know if they started with games as well but just what this company has been able to do in 10 years to be able to build their their market valuation and have a 222 billion market valuation to just, you know, be able to grow this company to pay these actors, as you guys said, Adam Sandler. And to, and to I mean, you, you go from like Jeff Bezos, you go from selling books in your garage to doing what you do. This company, you go from just renting out other people's movies to now you know, producing your own and just, it's, it's like, it's I mean, crazy, man. they're like a movie studio now. They're not just yeah. Netflix. We're going to rent you movies. They're mm-hmm. like, we're a movie studio. It's amazing guys. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, that, that takes me back like 10, 12 years to when I used to do the blockbuster online, you know, I'd get the two discs at a time. I, 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 that's how I watched Sopranos. I'd get two discs at a time. And then what you would do is instead of mailing your CDs back, if you put your CDs back in the package and took them to your local blockbuster, you traded that in for a, for a free rental. So I'd get like season three discs one and two online, put them back in the package and go get disc three and four. That's what I did. And all of a sudden you want to go that and then I'd also get Netflix and then boom, like it, it would seem like a, a flip of a switch like a year or two later. Boom. Oh, Netflix is online now. Oh, crap. Okay, cool. So I'll sign up for Netflix, and that's how I watched the show Tudors, that four-season show about King Henry VIII. I watched all that, and then boom, now we're where we are now. It's freaking incredible what has happened over the last 10, 12 years. And this company's not even done, like, growing yet. I mean, I haven't really looked into their balance sheets or whatnot, but, I mean, you see here, they're just – they're just the, the volume that's traded on this company, just daily, average, you know, it's just people want a piece of it, whether they – you know, I this company is just going to keep on growing, in my opinion. You know, it's just the like we said, there's like a three dog race. You got Netflix, I think, is still leading it. Like Sean said, mentioned that. That's true. Disney Plus is coming in right there, especially with their news saying that they're going to focus on Disney Plus. They're giving the Mandalorian to you guys this weekend. It's going to blow. It's probably going to be the most streamed thing this weekend, I'd imagine. So Disney Plus is coming in at a, at a quick second with Mike. You gave your little thumbs up to the HBO Max. You think it's prevailing a little bit as well. But, man, these these three companies here really have a lot, a lot to keep growing, man. It's it's crazy to imagine what's going to happen in the future with them. 
and then you know not to mention hulu i mean my wife Hulu's still watches you know the handmaids the handmaid's tale or whatever like that she watches like two original shows on hulu you know we got the doc mcstuffins for my daughter every once in a while she likes to watch doc mcstuffins so like, Prime. Like, like, like hulu's like you know like in that second tier like the top of the second tier of streaming services that but and amazon but prime but it's still very viable yeah i mean speaking of amazon prime i watched borat 2 with my wife last week just like the first movie, it's really funny. There's those really awkward parts like, oh, my God, they're doing that in front of that many people. What the hell is going on here? It's the same thing, but just, you know, what, eight, nine, ten years later, it, 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 that's actually really funny. So a- Amazon Prime for free, Borat 2, that's pretty cool. What's your guys' take on on Amazon Prime when it comes to streaming? Um... My, par- my parents love it because they, they love um, – uh, what's his name? Um uh, uh, Jim from the office. Uh, what's his name? Um, forgot his name. John, John Krasinski, John, he plays Jack Ryan. My parents says that's one of the best shows on, on, on streaming right now. Yeah. So they they love that show. So Amazon prime's got some good stuff. I watched the first season of sneaky Pete on Amazon prime. That's also an Amazon prime original. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of really good shows Uh, the boys, Remember, we always mm-hmm. talk about The Boys. Season 2 just dropped, and they are already got renewed for a Season 3. Amazon Prime is right there, too, in my opinion. So I mean, where like would you put them? It's not in the second tier, but, I mean, they're it's, I, I'd say Amazon there. Prime, like, I saw, I'd say Amazon Prime is right level with HBO Max right now. It's still who it's still I'm sorry Netflix and Disney Plus is 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 one and two and then I'd say right there HBO Max and Amazon Prime are right there with Amazon each other. Amazon Prime is good. You're right. And I know for us coming from a podcasting platform, I know Amazon is also throwing a lot and dishing out a lot of money into their podcasting platform, trying to grow that into oh, yeah. like a Spotify and an Apple iTunes type of platform with their podcasts as well. They're offering, you know, I don't know if it obviously it's not as big as like a Joe Rogan type of contract, but I know that they are trying to, you know, get their own voices and their own people and kind of start really start their own platform when it comes to podcasts. So Amazon, if you need some new talent to come out there. And, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but, but you're right because like when, you know, when you have your, I have the Amazon fire stick, you have one too, Sean. I do, sir. You know how when you, and everything. Yeah. You know how, when you don't press the button for a while and it goes to like a screensaver type thing. Yes. And it gives you suggestions like, Hey, just tell Alexa, show me this. One of the suggestions is, Hey, play the X, you know, the blank podcast. So I think with your Amazon Prime membership, you get Amazon like music, like unlimited music or whatever, Probably. which surprise in- me. which includes podcasts. So that's another avenue for people to find the comic bookies and other podcasts. That's pretty cool. So last piece of news I have is, gentlemen, did you watch as a kid? Did you watch the movies? You know, the uh, da-na-na-na, There it is, the family, da-na-na-na. the one and only. Yeah, so Tim Burton himself is producing a live-action Adams Family series. I don't know what service, again, it's going to be on, but that's pretty cool. Sean, you actually have a piece of news for the comic book fans involving CW. Yeah, yeah, super quick. I know uh, CW has all the new shows, but we did finally get a release month in January 2021. We're going to get the Superman and Lois new TV show. We're going to get the Batwoman with the new character in it, which you've all all been anticipating not really but hopefully she's better than uh ruby rose uh javikia leslie and then uh also the flash 
the show that Mike and I definitely love. So that'll be back in January. So definitely excited for that. Nice. That's pretty much for the done for the comic book. So as we shift gears to sports, again, this episode is brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Go check out Alex and get your pull list there. Support your local comic book stores. And uh, you can also, as always, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Comic Bookies. Email us anything you'd like to, you know, for us to discuss or whatnot. The Bookies at gmail.com. And please go and subscribe to our newish YouTube page where we're going to be dropping uh, new videos, just us kind of BSing about things that you won't hear on the podcast, brand new, you know, content you won't hear here about every week, every other week or so. So, guys, let's get into some sports. Um, NFL, might as well get into NFL. So we were off the last couple weeks. You know, Mark, our Raiders had the uh, had the week off two weeks ago, and then they, um, you know, kind of got the snot kicked out of them by Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sean, a very impressive two wins for the 49ers against the Rams and the Patriots. So what are you guys looking forward to for this week, week eight, man? Almost shit, almost halfway through the season. Well, I think it's going to be a good game, actually, for both of our teams. Uh, comeback game for the Raiders going to Cleveland. They obviously lost versus uh, Tampa Bay, and it was definitely a butt whooping. But again, I'm not shying away by saying the Raiders are better than what I think people think, because I still think that. I think they can go into Cleveland really, I think, beat the crap out of Cleveland single-handedly with or without OBJ. I just don't think Cleveland's that good of a team. I think the best player on that team is Miles Garrett. I would just double-team him, give him a little chip block with the tight end, and the Raiders just pounded down their throw. I think they should have lost last week, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Like I said, you know, Cleveland, I just don't think that team is – the organization just not ran that good. And the Raiders have really just progressed more and more by the season. I'm not really hearing the Derek Carr haters out there because he's playing some damn good football. And, I mean, Nelson Aguilar, he learned how to catch the football. So, I mean, there's definitely a plus there. The USC alum and on, you know, the other team are not our, but my 49ers, we play versus Seattle. So it's going to be a big game for us. A lot of players hurt, but we do have a couple players coming back. So hopefully we can go out there and, use the experience that we do have against Russ and to try to make things hard for him and uh, give a good performance. The Raiders guys, Las Vegas sitting at three and three, Mike, uh, you being a huge fan. I think that we could probably say that. I mean, we'd be happy telling us that we sit in here with three and three after playing a chiefs, the saints, the, you know, the Buffalo bills. So I think that we're right. Patriots. Patriots Panthers on the road. The Raiders always play like ass on the East coast. So yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Our schedule does get a lot easier going second half. So 500 is a win, bro. I guess with the, with the expanded playoffs, I can see the Raiders making a push guys. I want to talk a little bit more about some of these other teams, maybe some of these uh, surprise teams. I mean, it's kind of crazy as I sit here and look at the North with the Cincinnati Bengals at one and five. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a great team, but I don't know exactly how many games they've covered, but it just seems like they're pretty much in every game. Joe Burrow, he is um, who we thought he was. This guy, you know, he competes. They're one in five. This team is going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think, as, you know, as Baltimore falls off, as Ben Roethlisberger gets older. You know, I think that Cincinnati going forward in this division is going to be real fun to watch. Guys, you got Miami, another three and three team. Who would have thought that? We thought they were, you know, losing for Lawrence, right? Obviously not because they tanked for two last year. But 
Uh, who's tank who's losing for Lawrence now? I don't know, but I'm excited that the Miami Dolphins aren't just BSing. We're not we can't really clown out these Miami Dolphins anymore, man. I in the in the AFC, those are two surprise teams. Like I said, even though Cincinnati's losing, I like the fight they're putting up. Cincinnati, and, I think Cincinnati, did they cover last week? I believe so. I believe so. Two or three. Yeah, so and, and they were three and one against the spread going into that game. So they're now four and one against the spread this year, even though they're one and five, or, or that that would mean that they're yeah like like four and two or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, four and two or five and one against the spread at least. Rookie quarterback, you know, still a young coach. Uh, to be honest, a really bad team, quote unquote. But you know, they're going out there and they're scoring points, man. Very, very surprising to a degree the way they're uh, able to do it. But no, definitely a good note, Mark. Sean, four and three. We know that your wins, two of them came in New York against two of the worst teams in the NFL. You guys are starting to turn it around. Uh, I think that with this division, I mean, you're looking at the National Football and the NFC. You got the NFC West and the NFC East, probably the best division in football against like when the worst division in football. Surprised to see the San Francisco 49ers, the ex-Super Bowl, you know, contenders. From last year at the bottom of the NFC West, that is surprising. But how could you're at the bottom and you're four and three? And to see, I mean, Dallas with how garbage they've been, they're still third in this division. I mean, NFC, I think that Mike, I think Tampa Bay has a real good shot of doing what I do. Dude, Tampa Bay is looking like one of the best damn teams in the league. Didn't man. they sign someone Jesus. recently who's pretty good at football also? <laughs> yeah. Mike, well, this guy's just a I, dagger. I, I, I hope he I hope I hope he takes over and he like slowly puts like a tumor here and a tumor there. You know, figuratively speaking, of course, not literally a tumor, but and I hope I, that he just screws that team up because of course being a Raider fan of that talent one year one million dollars with every stipulation written in the book in that contract like and you had to go to tampa where they already have just godwin evans for ned oh yeah tom brady uh top three defense in football oh and that's just hell yeah cool and i th- yeah. and i think mike might have mentioned that in his back cave minutes this week how uh <laughs> i did <laughs> his I did. uh his hatred towards antonio brown but i mean you look in here on the nfc you got the NFC East. I don't see anyone that can gonna compete with Tampa Bay. You got the NFC North. I see Green Bay can compete with Tampa Bay, but we saw what happened the other week when they played. Albeit that was at home, different circumstances in the playoffs. I can see a, that game being a little bit more tighter. You're not going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing two picks basically on back-to-back drives, right? So, I mean, other than Green Bay, you know, maybe New Orleans – Seattle, the Rams, and I mean, oh, damn, dude, who can really beat them in the NFC, guys? It sucks, but Tom is doing the Tom things again that we know, and now with his new weapon, like Sean mentioned, man, it, Tampa's gonna make every Tampa's gonna make every single championship uh, round this year, dude. Twenty twenty. I mean, they played seven games. He has almost 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns, dude. And their I defense mean, ain't no – I mean, their defense Their defense no, is one of the best that he's ever had. It's like a top three, top five defense. And he has – Tom Brady has almost as many touchdowns before the midseason that he had all of last season. And you I think, mean, but 
we knew that with all the weapons he has. So it's kind of six and one, though. They could be six and one if he didn't forget it was fourth down or whatever against the Bears. Right. I mean, that's true. That's true. And then, you know, and then you had like the game one jitters maybe in New Orleans. They had plenty of shots. They had plenty of shots to win that game, too. So when you really think about it, they could easily be seven and oh. And Mike, you mentioned this like, you know, who the real player is. Right. When it comes to the Belichick Brady talk, dude. (laughs) <laughs> hands hands down just put that shit to bed tom brady made that relationship yeah i mean it's you know together it's like you know saying that if joe montana went somewhere else and won more than than bill walsh but like together you know like when they won you know what four super bowls and you know and won all those games and stuff yes true they were just the best all time together but man when you look at it just from Watching it on your ass at home every weekend, it looks like Tom Brady was the one who made that relationship click. And it's go like to, Michael and Jordan go to nine, said, go to nine freaking Super Bowls in 18, 19 years, winning six, and just dominating our whole adult sports fandom career, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm sick of it. I'm ready to even go. It's like Michael Jordan said, you know, coaches are important, but coaches don't play games. And Tom Brady, I mean, it was, he could put him on any team, and they would instantly become a contender. He is that good. Yeah, just like Nick Saban not affecting the spread, you know, when but, he was but, or wasn't going to coach last week. But you put him on the Raiders. You put Tom Brady on the Raiders this year. How are they going to be any much better? They they're, wouldn't they're probably all, be a Super Bowl team. I mean, football. Are, again, are they four, are they four and two, or are they still three and three? No. They aren't freaking three. There's a there's a way better chance. Two? You got to remember. Here's the Your thing about football. Is what's killing them. Not yes. Tom being on their you just team. Answered it. You just answered it. A LeBron James in basketball plays both ways in a five on five sport. He plays offense and defense. Tom Brady can only control the offense. So but is there a better chance of them being four and two or even five and one? A hundred and ten percent. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, you, you figure if it's Jameis Winston at the helm in Tampa Bay last week and Tom Brady's the quarterback of the Raiders, I see the Raiders maybe winning that game. Tom Guaranteed. Brady has Tom Brady, Tom Brady has played how many yes. games? Against, Tom Brady has played well, how many games against? About, hold on. Talk- Tom Brady has played how many games against Buffalo in his career? And the Raiders only lost by seven with Derek Carr. Would Tom Brady led Raiders beat Buffalo then? You know, you have to think about those things. One player doesn't guarantee wins in sports or football, but he definitely adds to the chances. He definitely betters the odds. If I put Tom Brady at quarterback right now with this Raider team instead of Derek Carr, every game would go up by, God, 20, 30, 40 percent chance of winning. Just off your knowledge. I beg to differ because I watch every Raider game. It's not the offense that has the issue. It's this damn defense that's a sieve. Okay, there's no doubt about it. It's on the defense, but you can't say that what he does on offense would not help the defense. The momentum, the way that his leadership alone, guaranteed. He's not maybe playing on defense, but there's no way that leadership that's brought by a certain player, he'll definitely help 110%. Maybe they end up 3-3, and I'm not saying they won't be 3-3 or 4-1 or 4-2, whatever it is, but Tom Brady guaranteed would make the Raiders better. 100%. That's that's not even good. We really aren't having this conversation. Mm. You don't think Tom Brady would make the Raiders better? In in their three wins, they score at least thirty four points. In their three losses, they don't score more than twenty three. You think Tom Brady? You think Tom Brady would consistently score over thirty points? I think so. 
So boom, right then and there, if if you're saying all all you have to do is score more than that, you know, than 34 points to win the game, Tom Brady could make them a five and one six and zero team, you know, because Tom, Tom Brady's adding unless Tom Brady's making up for what 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 first round draft pick Clint and Farrell's doing, not doing lack thereof. Then I mean, I don't really yeah. see. Yeah, I think that like maybe not physically. I think that. Carr is even more physical than him at this point in his career. But I think, yes, mindset wise and what he brings, his persona, locker room presence. Yes, that maybe can drive the defense. Oh, my God, we got the call. We got the goat leading our offense. We're going to try so much harder on defense. But if the defense ain't got the talent, I don't give a damn what the goats doing on the offense. If they can't stop shit, they can't stop shit. So I'd say. If you go back and you change all the lines, I mean, perception-wise, yes, I would say that the lines would probably be a lot more skewed because people would look like, oh, they got Tom Brady instead of Derek Carr. So I'd go back to the record, but I'd say if we have Tom Brady, I'd say he'd probably give us maybe, maybe one more win. We'd probably be four and two, if not still three and three. I mean, I just the don't first see. first six games, I can agree with that. With the Over defense like game. that, I don't see how Tom can just, you know— you you put that defense that we have on the Raiders and you put him in Tampa Bay. Is he whatever five and one or whatnot? Probably not, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can agree with you there. So looking at all the rest of the games, are there any like one or two games you guys like to to highlight and kind of give a pick for this week just to round out the NFL for Week Eight? Well, I think the hardest game this week is Pittsburgh. Super super tough, undefeated going to Baltimore, man, and they're. The, they're get, dude, they're getting four they're, points. They're, I have actually like double take. They're getting points right now. Yeah, I'm, wow. I, I've been Stay writing Pittsburgh. <laughs> I've been writing Pittsburgh for the last three weeks. I mean, so if I was if I was actually to put money on this game, I would still stick to the Steelers. I just you know, if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it right now. So I mean, I'm not. What's saying your guys' current line? I yeah, see I, three and a half on Bovada. I have I minus. I, I have a minus four for Baltimore. Oh, and they're getting four. Well, I'll take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> With the four, I'd be considering <laughs> Pittsburgh. With three and a half, I don't know, man. They're undefeated, and you're. Yeah. I mean, individual. I mean, divisional games are always tough. I know Roethlisberger is gonna want to get a crack at this divisional rival after not being able to play them twice last year, right? So, yeah, I mean, Mike, if it ain't broke, keep writing it, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I think that watch out. I can see your boy Burrow. I don't know if Mixon is playing again, but I can see Burrow kind of getting another backdoor here with Tennessee. I think. Yes. I mean, how many games has Tennessee played at home? They've been pretty tough. Now they think they're going to go on the road and give me and get a gimme game down in Cincinnati. So, I mean, be careful for that game. Don't just think it's going to be that easy taking Tennessee. And uh, I don't know, man. I think the Browns, only two and a half against the Raiders. That's what fishy, man. They're only no, giving two and a half. They're about to get pounded. Smells like caca, but we know OBJ's <laughs> not playing. It looks and smells like caca. You know what it is. I'll give you the lock. I'll give you the lock right now, oh, though. Hold on. You don't. You don't even have to think twice, guys. Lock it in, comic bookie fans. Get to your locust, local bookie, whatever you got to do. The over, 50 and a half. Kiss it, seal it, deliver it. That's it. That's it? Yeah, no defense on the Raiders. 
You got the Browns that are liable to give up points, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the weather yet. It could be snowing sometime in Cleveland, but 50 and a half, for some reason, it seems kind of low to me, which scares me, but I'll still ride the over on that game. Uh, the game I'm looking at is, and I kind of go back to the conversations that we've been having the last couple weeks of teams that have been underperforming or over or, you know, or, or overachieving over like a couple weeks span. And then all of a sudden this line looks like, oh, it's only this because of that. You know what I'm saying? So Seattle at home against the 49ers, they're only giving three points. Now, there's no home field advantage really right now. There's no, you know, crowd noise being pumped in there. So you're looking at maybe like a, what, a point, point and a half, you know, due to the home field advantage, like whatever you want to call it. But I think it's that low. I think Seattle's only favored by three is because Seattle, you know, they lost last week. They always play tough. They they always get played tough in Arizona. Those are always slobber knocker games. It was a very, very entertaining overtime game last week on Sunday night to end your week. And the 49ers have played really well the last couple weeks. They've been running the ball. They've been getting back to their bread and butter is what got them to the Super Bowl last year against the Rams and the Patriots. But I think this is kind of fishy. I think it's just the, the, the story of the Seahawks not playing very well and the Niners playing really well. I think Seattle wins and covers this week up in Seattle. I, unfortunately, as a Niner fan, God, don't shoot me, Niner Nation. But when you look at it, Mike said it best. I mean, we won two games, and I think some people are still out. Are they are they back? I mean, we're still a super hurt team, and Seattle lost a very entertaining game that could have went either way. But Arizona showed the blueprint of how to beat Seattle this whole season. You have to outscore them, and I just don't think the Niners, without Debo, are going to be able to do that. If they win, it's going to be pounding them and going to hopefully be able to contain Russ, which no one's been able to do. He's been arguably the most important and best football player so far this season. Like I said, I want the Niners to win. I think they're going to win. But if I was betting, you know, you got to go with Seattle. It's a three-point spread in Seattle, and they've been the best team in football, in my opinion. Debo's out. Jokeski Tart is questionable, along with Quan Alexander and Jimmy Ward and Richie James all questionable. Um, already without Sherm. Already and, without D. And Wilson Ford. too, right? Didn't Wilson get hurt as well last week? Jeff Wilson's uh, on IR. I mean, you're uh, playing Hasty, a rookie. So, I mean. This reminds me of like the season when the Rams lost the Super Bowl the next year. I mean, they just, I mean, dude, I mean, what are you going to do? It's just 2020 does this plague in the Niners left and right. I mean, it's just. This is unavoidable, and unfortunately, it's just even with a four and three record being last in the division, geez, that hurts. But my, I mean, Sean, you said that you think that the Niners can win, but that if you were to bet, you'd probably take the the, the Seahawks. I mean, I think different with money, baby. I, ain't I no mean, damn that's fool. where your heart and your head just mix <laughs> up right there, huh? I mean, I got you, you, you on that. Think dude. with a heart and think with your head. My heart's with the Niners. My head, if it's money wise, I mean. Right. You know? That's yeah. why you just uh, or I guess you just put your money on Seattle. So then if they win, you make some money. And then if the Niners win, you're happy that, you know, your Niners won. You lost money, but at least your Niners won. But this definitely isn't like the, the, the matchups that we used to have with Hardball. And man, those were some good matchups. The I Legion mean, of Boom. I mean, this I mean, you got to remember the Kaepernick before the whole kneeling of the flag and whatnot. I mean, the NFL was Kaepernick's and Russ's. They were just the face of the NFL for, what, a year or two? It was that division. It was them head-to-head on, like, every year. It was just 
primetime games, and it was real fun to watch, although it's lost a lot of its luster, especially with all the injuries that San Francisco has. But, I mean, San Francisco is still a good team with good coaches and, you know, players that fight hard. And these players, I think the difference is that they know they're not on no bum team. These players that even if they are backups, they know that they're on a Super Bowl, you know, contending team, whether they're backups or not. They play with heart. So divisional game, as it always is, I can see it being a little bit closer. So if this number creeps up closer to four, I can see myself taking the dog, guys. Yeah, but the thing about that that rivalry was is when it was the Legion of Boom versus Harbaugh and Willis and, and all those guys, Seattle had their number. Like Seattle, like you're talking about the turkey on the 50-yard line game and all that stuff. So now when you talk about they're still two good teams, the Niners going to the Super Bowl last year and everything, it's been more even. You know, the Niners, what, they won the division, got like a first-round bye on that last game of the season against Seattle. So they've, you know, actually been winning those games when in reality those both those teams are really good. But when the when the Seahawks were going to those two series Super Bowls, Seattle had their number and, and straight owned them, not only in the regular season, but the playoffs as well. That's true. But were the Niners covering those games? That's what I care about, Pro- baby. Probably. I don't I don't know. We've got to go back and do some, I'm, I'm you know, some crack sure team they, research. I'm pretty sure they were pretty close, though. I mean, Sean would probably yeah, remember sure. those games like the Kyle Williams games. I'm sure Sean has a lot better man. Yeah, best, oh, best game ever. Oh, stop, geez. stop doing that. Then you're, stop doing that, Mark. You're gonna end up. We're gonna end up getting a tuck roll drop by the end of this episode. Stop. His dad was. His dad was like the GM of like with the White Sox or something. White Sox GM. Yeah, just this dude. It was horrible, man. It was against. Uh, it was against your boy Eliza. Your Giants, huh? Eli. Eliza, that's right. Yeah. So, um, to round it out, Sean, do you have a lock or do you have a game that you're really confident in this week? Uh, you know what? Looking at it, um, uh, I'm gonna go with the money line. I think the Chiefs might win this week. <laughs> the money line? What's it at? A minus five hundred? Hey, for all you millionaires out there, just pick the Chiefs this week. Go make a little pocket change. Three thousand to win a hundred dollars, huh? Three thousand? Like, it's like betting Floyd Mayweather these days. How, when's the last time we saw that high of a spread? Nineteen and a half? Christ Almighty! Well, why does that 20 now? You're not going to drop the 20? Shoot, it's not a college game. I don't know. I almost would have to take the Jets. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Bro, what, an NFL game at plus 20? This is unheard of. I mean, you see Mahomes getting pulled, the starters and whatnot. You can see you can see Darnold entering this back door. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I don't know. So going from the NFL field down to the final episode of 2020 to talk about baseball but sean sorry but after 32 years the hated rival the los angeles dodgers are world series champions Mm -hmm. they beat the tampa bay rays it would have been cool mark you're right to have like a small market team another tampa bay team win this season but unfortunately for sean the dodgers are champions and yet the biggest news coming out of it, screw, you know, Seager winning the MVP, screw the Dodgers winning after 32 years. The biggest story coming out of this is that Justin Turner tests positive for coronavirus, leaves mid-game, has to, quote, isolate from himself from the team, and then come after the game. They're like, screw it. He's our teammate. Who gives a crap? Come, <laughs> Go ahead and come out here and, come not, wear out, a mask, not, and not wear a mask in team I photos. Come on out and kiss your girlfriend or wife. Come on out here with other wives and children, you know, and stuff. So that's that, that, that was a total shit show. Holy crap. 
So how does this work? The NFL, <laughs> you don't wear your mask during the game. I'm going to fine you. You know what? I'm going to slap you in the wrist. And if you do it again, I'll make you lose draft picks. But hey, in the middle of the game, oh, sure. <laughs> Looks like a result just popped out of our ass in the fifth inning. <laughs> oh, this guy tested positive. Let's take him out of the game. Really? How does really? a result pop out of really? your ass in the fifth really? inning? Thank you. So, wow. They have like, they have like, like four tests. games or anything. But how is that? Like, I'm. Like I said, bro, Dodgers won. They're the better team. But if you want me to get technical, I'm not even trying to be a sour guy because I'm a Giants fan. But how? How does that work? I don't Do you know. Just take them out and they, nothing happens? That's all? They, yeah, they have, they, but they have tests that, you know, you can get the result minutes. in an hour. Or, or yeah, minutes. or if you have enough money to pay for the good, good yeah. stuff, it's 15, 20 minutes. How does that happen? Those I'm trying to like, that's my thing. What? Oh, now we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to make you look bad because you came out and celebrated with your friends. Oh, we're going to look into this. I mean, I got this stupid little ESPN update. Oh, this just in the Dodgers are going to look into Justin. I don't give a damn about what he did celebrating. This guy played a game with COVID. And like I said, I'm not taking this super serious, but if you're going to be blasting all these players about not being around stuff, how do you just randomly? Oh, so by the way, he has COVID. Let's take him out of the game like nothing happened. You didn't know that. Come How does now. Jimmy Johnson race with COVID? Come on now. <laughs> I, oh God, I know that, time, that? that whole time. That whole timeline was effed up too. And then you know the, your your fearless leader Magic Johnson around all those people in the stands. He ain't wearing a mask either. So I mean, what happens? Do you think Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball are going to punish the Dodgers and Magic and Justin Turner for next season? Though? thing oh a million oh, let me give you a thousand dollar fine to these billionaires oh, wait shouldn't magic shouldn't magic be taking precautions if i'm not mistaken isn't his ass at high risk i mean i'm sorry but geez he's partying with no mask uh, I, I think I, I think that's the reason why he does party with the mask because he can he have anything. a mask he can beat anything jesus Oh, I mean, if he's not wearing a mask, bro, I mean, and you're complaining about America not giving two shits, how could you see Magic Johnson not wearing a mask, knowing he's susceptible to freaking, geez, he's, I mean, he's probably one of the, any, I mean, geez, I mean, you would think he's at risk as hell, but if you see this guy partying without a mask, yeah, he's I mean, got congratulations. The, he's got the immune system of a 150-year-old person. I mean, he's got a. He Jesus. might have that serum that scumbags got. <laughs> he's Ernie doing Ray Clementine. <laughs> you love his name, dude. You love his. I name. love that. I love and that. I mean, shit. I mean, so so what? So from your future in-law, Sean TJ, he actually responded to our IG stories. Thank you so much for, you know, asking your question. But which World Series win is more valid? So you want to talk about this year with the Dodgers and the 60 games and the bubbles f- throughout the playoffs, which is more valid, the Dodgers or the Astros? Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. It's a good, um, it's a good question. Oh, that's actually a damn good question. It's a good because, question I mean, because, because when, you, when you want to make the argument of the whole, you know, banging on the trash cans and stuff, they cheated, but you still have to hit the ball. You still have to do what you want. We have to do. You still have to play the game of baseball and then or – you go with the Dodgers, who didn't play 102 more games. They, you know, stayed, stayed once. So, so the Dodgers There's is more no about. There's not the even cheating the involved. Did. They played the game the right way. Yeah, it's less, it's less games, but they played it the right way. Like how, they I, followed I, the rules, basically. They followed the rules. They followed the rules. I mean, in the end, I mean, all right, guys, it's a 60 it. game season for everybody. All right, that's what yeah, we're no. doing this season. I mean, do I think there's an asterisk? Hell yeah, I think there is. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But did they win? And I'm going to give them full credit. Hey, for sure. I mean, 
Astros literally were going to purposely cheat, use technology. I mean, you cheated, bro. There's, yeah. like I said, there's me at second base trying to give you all these dancing signs in your batting if it's a fastball. But when you're actually using freaking technology and stuff, I mean, that's, that's, nah. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, I was just try, what, trying to play devil's advocate. I, I totally agree with you, but, you know, whatever. When you're, uh, you, but no, bro. I mean, tell me about it. I think that it's just kind of BS that, what 2020 is kind of just going to give like, I think that Houston's going to kind of get like a little bit of a, how do I say it? Like it's going to kind of just push over. Like they're going to just get like, okay, yeah, they made, they made the, the CS, the CS last year. And I think going into 21, I, I Dodgers got their world series. I think that they were the ones that were really pissed off, really feeling like they got cheated, but they got theirs. Now this year has been so weird. I think that, Houston's just kind of going to get like the easy way out. <laughs> it sucked because I just think that they were going to get clobbered this year. and But it really didn't come to fruition. The hate that I think we wanted to see them endure really didn't with them beating RAs and then making the championship series. And then, uh, yeah, I just think that uh, – I think that the Astros should have had a little bit more coming their way, but it's just a weird year. But I think that Asterix, no, Sean, I'm, I disagree with you because if your team would have won, you want to throw an Asterix on them? I guess you could, but in a way, everybody knew what they were dealing with. Everyone followed the same guidelines. Everyone had the same rules. Some team members didn't abide by them as much. Miami. St. Louis, I'm talking to you to start the season. But at the end of the day, every team, every organization, every player knew what they were dealing with. And I don't know how the books did. Like I mentioned, I don't know how they fared, but this was just going to be a season that it was kind of just the Dodgers year to win it. It's not the 90s bills, three out of four years. I mean, if the Dodgers weren't going to win it this year, what year were they going to win it in? I mean, 60 games, what would 100 more games done? I guess, what, just gave them even a better record? I just don't think anything was stopping them. I just don't think anyone was stopping them this year. Yeah, true. Well, on to the next season. It's going to be interesting to see if the NHL, the NBA, and baseball can actually start on time this year. It doesn't look like for the NHL and obviously NBA. I think they're looking at, what, like January starts or whatever instead of right now, October. So we'll see. But onto the racetrack, we have the final race of the final eight of the playoffs in Martinsville. But some news, unfortunately, William Byron, he's no longer well, he's no longer a playoff driver, but he will not be racing. Regard, you know, he won't, he, regardless, he won't be racing this week. Multiple positive COVID tests in the pit crew is going to force him to not race this weekend. That's pretty crazy. Um, and Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson, he's, I guess, served his, you know, he's he has served his time. He filed for reinstatement last week, and he got it, and he signed with Hendrick Motorsports, and it's been confirmed that he will now race the number five car, which hasn't been raced since, I think, Mark, it was like 2016 or 17. So that's pretty that's pretty crazy. I mean, for me, for being a fan of his, um, I'm not like, you know, I was kind of jumping for joy, like over text messages, but like I'm kind of I'm, I'm more excited for his like redemption story and for him to actually do things on and off the track to make, um, you know, to gain the respect of the 
of NASCAR, the sport, the fans, the other drivers and stuff. So I hope that he succeeds, you know, because I because I know deep down he's a, he's a, a, a good person. So it's going to be cool to see him back on, in a race car uh, and and for a better team, too. He's still with Chevy and it's going to be cool to see him race again next year. Well, I think you said it best. A perfect opportunity for a redemption story, a redemption story for him to present himself. It's just a good dude. I mean, he's young. I personally think as a black guy, he's a good dude. Did he just in the wrong situation say the wrong thing? And it really should never use that word, of course. But you know what? The one percent of it is that in the context he used it, he didn't actually call anybody it. Again, he shouldn't have used it anyways. Not that we even got to go into depth about that, but he's a good racer. He's a young talent. He is a part of that crop of the future of racing. So for him to get a second chance, I mean, you know, we've seen people get away with murder, literally, who've gotten second chances. So, you know, it would be a crime not to give this guy a second chance. And, you know, I'm happy to see that he has been reinstated. He is with Henrik Motorsports. So, you know, it's going to be a good story for uh, him to just get back on the track and just see what he can do. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Me being such a NASCAR fan that I am, knowing that this guy has came up from knowing that this guy has came up from um, Elk Grove right here by Sacramento, by where we live. And, you know, what he's done for the sport. Coming up from the Drive for Diversity program, I believe, where, you know, you try to get different, you know, backgrounds and whatnot. You know, he's half Japanese and that that program that he just came from, it's just they're trying to de- develop drivers. And, you know, I don't I don't think Daniel Suarez came from there, but we got a Mexican driver. We got a Japanese driver. We got a, a Bubba black driver in the sport. So what he's done to help diversify the sport, I think that in the we had Danica and not too long. I think that we're going to have another girl coming up into the sport and Haley Deegan. But I just think that how Larson has helped transcend the sport. I think it's been great. I'm very excited to see him come back. I I'm with you, Mike. I believe that, you know, he's a good person at heart. Just saying something stupid that, I mean, let's not lie. We've all, we're, we're from California. We came from schools. That's very diverse. You know, we all went to the same high school. We all know around the same people. We know Indians, Asians, Americans, blacks, whites, whatever you, you know, Samoans like Sean, as you mentioned, you're the black guy here. We do a podcast with interracial black, white, Portuguese, whatever, what have you, but it's just people slip up. He's a big figure. He's famous. We're not. And when you got that scope on your back with millions, thousands, thousands of people, you know, trying to look up to you as you live stream on Twitch, you know, you kind of got to hold yourself to a bigger standard. And he obviously knew what he did. And in my opinion, I think he handled it correctly. He stepped he stepped away. He didn't keep on trying to show him show his face or Coming to the limelight, he apologized one time. I think you can check his Instagram feed. That one time that he apologized was like his last post up until I think a day or two ago. So he stayed his course. He went out and did something that most fans probably don't even know he did unless you follow him. And that's when countless and what not hundreds, but a bunch of you know dirt races, you know, in World of Outlaws, forty races. I see Mike holding it up. You know, and just 
crazy amount of dirt races. So what this guy is doing and what he's going to keep doing, I think he positioned himself, like Mike said, at a better team, better equipment. And you're going to see this guy probably, you know, make it to these final eight, final four in these championship rounds going forward in these upcoming years because Chase is getting right there. And I can see if Chase is doing it with that team, I can see Larson doing the exact same thing. Speaking of Chase, um, he's got some work to do as, along with Alex Bowman, Martin Truex Jr., and Kurt Busch this weekend. I think all four of them are in a must-win uh, situation unless guys like you know, Brad Keselowski and Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, unless those three guys just totally just crash and DNF, they can gain some points there. But Martinsville Speedway this weekend, the paperclip, the second-to-last race of the year, what do you guys like as far as – Recent success, I like, you know, Brad Keselowski or Martin Trex Jr., maybe a Hamlin to win this race, but it's going to be one of the top eight. Like, who do you guys like this weekend? Oh, I like everyone that Chase needs to lose. Uh, <laughs> those guys all do pretty damn good. And Chase only has, uh, it looks like, seven career races with no wins. He does, uh, fortunately, have three top fives. So, I mean, that definitely is in his favor. It's going to be really hard. I mean, some of these guys have a couple wins over there in the past few races. So, you know, you're, what you mentioned, Mike, your true extra Kozlowski's, the big names. I mean, no surprise there. Uh, Kyle Busch even has a win there as well as Mark Sky, Joey Logano. So, you know, just, just being one of those must-win slash must-have-a-lot-of-things-go-your-way type of races for Chase, it's not looking good, but we're hoping he can sneak in and, Really just win the race, control your own destiny. Well, hopefully it goes out good for him. And don't remember, not only does Logano got that one win there, you remember when he got that win, coming off that corner, fighting against Truex for that last quarter to make it into the championship round, which he, he won, wins. which yep. he eventually wins the championship. If he doesn't, If he doesn't fight that hard, against Truex for that last corner to get that win. He's not in the championship for a race. He never wins the championship. So, I mean, it's crazy what this race is going to happen. The Xfinity 500 Martinsville Speedway uh, coming to you this Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Guys, some odds. Sean, I mean, Mike, you mentioned it earlier. You like Truex, Kozlowski, or even a Hamlin. Those are your top three favorites on the board. Truex, three to one. I'm sure he's going to be cheating again. So we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I want to set odds right now, dude. Forget these odds right now. What are the odds that Truex is going to fail inspection and start from the rear again? Oh, what are Jesus. the odds on that? Give me You're, odds on that because it's every week. That's going to be like the minus 3,000. You know, that's going to be the, the, the chief spread, the, the chief money line right there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Brad Kozlowski, uh, five to one. Denny Hamlin, five to one. Chase Elliott, you're a guy. I think he does pretty good here, Sean. I mean, Martinsville, I wouldn't say it's not uh, the Roval for him, you know, but it sure is a pretty decent uh, track. Seven and a half to one with Logano eight and Kyle Busch that just got his first win of the season. Yes, Mr. Kyle Busch does not go winless for a season, still holding that streak. I think winning a race every season of his career. So congratulations there, Mr. Bush. Although that will not propel you to the championship for Harvick nine to one. He's not that heavy of a favorite going into this race. So He's, I don't know, guys, I'm kind of with you on this one, Mike. Top three. That's what you got to look at. He is so lucky that he gained so many points in the in like throughout the season because he hasn't been racing very well the last couple races and he's lost a few points. But man, the only 
only driver who has like no stress or no worries is Joey Logano because there's no points carried over to Phoenix next week. So it's like, just like, yeah, you don't have to do anything. You're already in the, in the final four. There's no points. Like who cares? Like you just have to finish ahead of the other three drivers. You don't even have to win next week in Phoenix. So, right. but, but you're, but you're right, man. I am afraid, but like our seat, Mark, you and me have this, you know, end of the season playoffs bet, you know, Martin Truex Jr. or Brad Keselowski, it's going to be cool because I think those two are going to fight for the top two, three spots for the majority of the race. I, I was agree. just going to say that, bro. Oh, I can I, tell you right now, watch these dudes. They're going to be, it's going to be them two at the front of the race all watch. I was just going to say that you took the words yeah. out of my mouth. But but you're right though. I, I do agree with you that Keslo has that short track car. So I'm kind of afraid as far as my bet is concerned, but my heart being a Chevy fan, being also, you know, I, I'm with you on on Penske, so definitely not a Toyota fan. So I, I wouldn't mind if I lost the bet and Truex didn't make it into up, up into the top four. But yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a great race, uh, you know, heading into the championship next weekend. What I think would be awesome would be if uh, Mr. Kurt Busch came out of nowhere after Ooh. blowing up that engine and <laughs> yeah. won the race at Martinsville to actually kick uh, Truex and it would kick uh, Kozlowski out, putting a Chevy into the final four, along with the two uh, Fords of uh, Logano and Harvick and the one the Toyota of Hamlin. Hamlin. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I just think I, I, I'd like to have all three manufacturers represented, whether it's Kurt or uh, um, or Chase. Chase. I would like to see Chase because I actually kind of picked them to kind of say that he would probably end up in the final four. This was back then when I was down and out on Logano and saying, this guy's not going to make it. I can see Chase making it. Lo and behold, here comes Logano fighting off, you know, Harvick for all he's got down there at Kansas. That that was a drive, man. I mean, you just played defense for 40 laps just blocking this dude, and he deserved it, but there he is. So it's going to be exciting. I'm definitely Excited for the championship race, which is going to be just bananas. I mean, you got Harvick's best track. Hamlin's good as hell there. And if Kislowski wins and gets that that short track card of Phoenix, whew, it's going to yeah. be nuts. Yeah, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go with you with the whole getting all three manufacturers into the top four. I don't I'm not really sure if I think this is going to happen, but I'm rooting for Chase because at least two of the common bookies and their favorite drivers are going to be in the championship four. I think it'd be really good for the sport too, to have one of the young guns be um, represented in the top four. It's not just the old timers of Harvick, Hamlin. Um, Logano's like kind of in the middle. He's not much of an old timer yet, but, and then Truex. So I think it's going to be a good race. Um, but yeah, I, if I were to pick somebody, I, I'd go with Truex or Keslo. I mean, sorry, it's not really good value as far as betting, but it's just the way it is. That's the way it's been this year. Huh? It's kind of hard yeah, to find 2020. out. 2020. Yeah, these guys. You got Harvick with nine wins. What, Hamlin's got like six or seven? seven many, yeah. I mean, you got like 36 races on the circuit, and these guys have like almost 20 between two drivers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun one, though. Um, we have two more segments uh, to round out this episode of the Combo Geeks podcast. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, and yeah, doing just just pretty much just supporting us in any way you can. Uh, we have a comic bookies history. It's been about a month since we've been doing this, so everyone's favorite segment. Here we go, comic bookie history. In 2008, the Quantum of Solace premieres in London, so a nice little premiere for James Bond. Uh, I love that movie. Quantum of Solace is really good. Damn, that's freaking 12 years ago. It's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, over on the sports side of the news, we have 1960. 
So that's a, uh, it's a, if you do the math, it's a long time ago. Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali, has his first pro fight ever. He wins on points in six rounds. 2014, Sean, your San Francisco Giants today beat the Royals 3-2 in Game 7 in Kansas City. Madison Bumgarner earning the MVP honors. And in 2018, let's stay local, Clay Thompson breaks his teammate Steph Curry's record for most threes in a game with 14 in a 149-124 win versus the Chicago Bulls. The good old days. Those warriors just... just Oh man! Just, just dominating. Good old days. Everybody. Yeah, it was only a handful of years ago. It's crazy. Forget, forget Clay breaking Curry's record. What about when Clay scored 36 and a quarter, bro? Ooh, was that against the Kings? Oh Sacramento. Yeah, I'll dude, never forget crazy. watching that. I remember Curry. Every every player that just brought the the ball up the court just automatically once they passed half court they were just automatically looking for clay curry and draymond everybody and he made every single shot that was passed to him it was unbelievable yeah and i have no deaths this week or i mean for today but today's b-days um it's pretty cool because it's kind of halloween themed she was in beetlejuice she was in edward scissorhands and recently she's come to fame in the stranger things series but winona Ryder turns 49 today so happy birthday to Miss Winona. And finally, to round out the Halloween episode for 2020, gentlemen, I'd like to do a three-round draft for Halloween candy. So myself and Mark, you know, when when Lizzie and Maddie, when they go out getting candy and stuff and you have to divvy it up, okay, like what are you grabbing? So let's go, since, since Joy Logano already has a win, let's go Mark and then Sean and then myself, and then we'll go ahead and snake it. For three rounds. Go ahead, Mark. What's your number one overall pick for Halloween candy? You already know my number one. You don't uh, want to. Dude, you're, you're going gonna, gonna to steal my. I, I knew I shouldn't have given you first pick. You don't want to give me the pick. Go ahead, buddy. Take it. <sighs> should I Should I switch it up? Come. Oh, come. It's, it's a first round pick, bro. It has to be a lock. Oh, really? I don't do fantasy like you guys. So. <laughs> I was it, thinking man. I can get value and maybe, you know, get some something good in the later rounds. No. Okay, I'm going to have to take the Reese's then, buddy. Hell yeah, dude. Sean, pick number two. I got to go Kit Kat. Oh, man, you took mine, man. No. So, so I get two. I'm going to go, let's do peanut M&Ms to round out the first round. And the beginning of the second round, let's go hmm, Halloween candy. Like, what am I taking out of there? Let's go with Twix. I'm going to go with Twix. Twix. Uh, I'm going to go Nerds. Ooh, that's a that's a wild card right there. You took mine with the Twix. I was going Twix next. So what's yours? You know, so Mark, you get two to, to round out your your picks. I told you guys the one on the text, but I, it's not a Halloween candy, but it's fire, man. They don't. Why don't they have the Cadbury pumpkins? Like they oh, have the Cadbury cream eggs on. Ho- you don't like those? Go ahead and take that. Go ahead and take some trash. Take it just, all. <laughs> just trash? take it. Cadbury cream eggs. Oh my god, you're tripping. That that creamy nugget inside. Oh my. <laughs> go ahead. Get, yeah, go ahead and get that. Okay, nugget. now go you're ahead. gonna make me rethink it. Okay, the GM's in my ear right you now. Get, the GM right now, Mark. The, you get the two. GM is telling the head coach, no, you can't take it. Oh, I take two right now. Yeah. Yeah, you get back to back, so you get two. Oh, back to back. You guys got Twix. I'm gonna have to go with the Snickers. That was yours? Oh, that was going to be my last one, but go ahead. I'll take the Snickers and then... 
Let me see here. Sean took a Sean took a fruit candy, right? With the nerds. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with the Smarties then. Oh, they come in okay. the little so roll. That's that that's an underrated. People think that's <laughs> like like people think that those are like Necco wafers, like the old lady candy, but Smarties are hella good. Wafers. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sean, your I, final I, pick. I'm, I'm caught in between two. I have a good I have a good chocolate one. I have a. Uh... A different one. Oh man, which one do I want to go? Uh, we'll go with the Three Musketeers. Okay, Ooh. classic, just classic. Okay. Now I'm not gonna take another Reese's mark because you, t- I think you kind of take the all-encompassing Reese's. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say sidebar, like an honorable mention, Reese's Fast Break is probably my favorite candy bar. It's like a Reese's peanut butter cup, but you add nougat from like a Three Musketeers or a Milky Way in there. So for my final pick, I'm going to go, if I can get all the flavors in one, I'm going to go Skittles. Oh, oh. I, I was going to go Sour my, Skittles, actually, to be well, exact. I think, to me, Sour Skittles are the worst. I'll go the purple bag. Or the original. And then, and then the OG red bag. Yeah. The blue bag is even good. And then there's blue one bag. that's like crazy cores. It's like an orange bag. It's like the core is one flavor and the inside is another flavor. I and then sour. And then you have uh, Kyle Bush. I have no idea what the flavors are, but Kyle Bush just won a race last week in the zombie Skittles. So I got to go out to the liquor store tomorrow and get that. I have to try it. I did see that. The Kyle Bush so, Skittles. So there you go. There you have it. There's a 2020 candy draft for the Comic Boogies podcast. And that does it for a Jeez. long, but man, I had fun tonight for an episode 86. Gentlemen, thank you so much again for jumping on this week. Take us away. Well, that great feeling is uh, the feeling when it's, Really felt like we haven't recorded in God, I don't know how long, but the boys are back uh, once again. Happy birthday to Mark and myself, and definitely couldn't be happier to have my two brothers alongside me on my wedding day next year, my two groomsmen. Uh, thank you to TJ, as well as all the other people who have interacted, as well as give us questions and topics to talk about and engage with us on social media. Again, guys, uh, this is something that we love to do, so much fun. We just want to entertain you guys, so definitely just keep checking us out uh, worldwide, not just in the U.S. Keep uh, checking out all our content, colliding world of sports and comics. Yeah, definitely looking like it's going to be a comic bookie wedding, Sean. Thank you once again for uh, asking me to be part of that uh, celebration with you and your fiance. And guys, uh, if you guys haven't checked out some of our prior episodes, I know we've been busy. It feels real good to be back on with my brothers. Uh, episodes 85 and beyond and before with Frank Gogol, Frank, uh, Frank, the writer, Frank Martin and uh, their offerings that they have. Check those out if you haven't. Once again, keep on connecting with us on social media. The Batcave Minutes are up. YouTube channel is just getting kicked off. And yeah, man, this uh, country is going to get into some crazy times. Like Sean mentioned earlier, vote, 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 cast your vote. Uh, Do your props, do your senators, do whoever you want for your city and who you think is right. But uh, I think this is probably... We're getting numbers that, you know, early voters have been the biggest in history. So people are turning out to cast their opinion and to cast their voice this time. And I think that you, the comic bookie fan, should as well. So thank you. Thank you again to Treasure Island Comics for being our great sponsor. You guys are great over there, Alex. And yeah, love you, brothers. Thank you for this episode. And I'm so glad that. It's just crazy that we take one week off. It feels like three for some reason every time. That's how much I love doing this, man. 
Hell yeah, dude. Uh, well, you guys said it all, man. Um, last little tidbit. We have no new countries on the map for downloads for comic uh, cookies. But we, damn it. But we have yet another 13th download from the from Belgian. So for, for the Belgian person who keeps downloading the podcast, thank you so much. Spread the good word out there. Shoot us an email, thecompookies at gmail.com, if, you, um, if, you know, if you're listening to this, and we will send you a nice little care package of maybe a pop toy and some flyers. But yeah, for Mark and for Sean, this is Mike. This is Compookies Podcast. Happy Halloween, everyone, and happy Election Day next week. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace the hell out. See you next week. Peace. Always enjoy each other. And remember, left, right, north, south, blue, red, white, stars, spangled banner. Just get out there and have your voice be heard. We love you, fans. Peace. Peace.